Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap, managing editor, FightfulWrestling.com, and it is a big week for FightfulWrestling.com. Braun Strowman interview up. We'll have part two of the article this week. We've got all out this weekend. I'll be uh, in Chicago trying to get content, gain interviews, post scrum footage, all that. We will have a post show. I'll do uh, another wrap-up. Just a ton of stuff going on right now. Uh, But I also have dropped the long-form feature, MJF, Salt Slash Scum of the Earth. It is my latest long-form feature. It's about the process of interviewing MJF. I am joined today by Alex Pawlowski. Alex, would it shock you to learn? And these are all legit things. Like I, I, and this is tackled in the article about MJF. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are like, "How is he really? How is he really? How is he really? How is he really?" <laughs> all uh-huh. of the things that I mentioned seem like they are in character in that right. article, right? Or at least what one would assume a character would be for that guy. True. He unhooked my microphone multiple times, apparently, is the only way it could have could have happened. <laughs> he berated a security guard. He led me on a Chris Jericho Ralphus-esque expedition across the MGM Grand after I was like, you know what? It's awful nice of him to invite me to his hotel room to do this interview since we couldn't at the MGM Grand uh, lobby. And he even said, like, you're going to hate me after this walk. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, he's just busting my balls. No, we walked for a half an hour with my equipment. <laughs> he kicked me out of his hotel room. He stopped the interview at one point to brag about winning $6 at the blackjack table. Or maybe nice. slots. i, I got to remember which one it was. Um, perhaps the most interesting aspect of this was, while I'm toting my camera equipment, Alex... We passed this place called I think it's I think it's Whiskey Down I believe is what it's called in the MGM, and that's actually where I, where I first met him, and and we passed this place, and he's like hey 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 hold on, and I'm like yeah okay, and then I just see him stare he gazes from a good twenty twenty five feet away, into this place and he sees a guy with an AEW hat on, and he waits. He waits until the fan uh, makes eye contact with him. Then he looks at the fan and goes, fuck you. And then, and then walks away. Yeah. Alex, I see you enraged at your child. I mean, it's not, it's not my, my brother's not really enraged at my child. You're, I'm just you're like, my, why, why my wife isn't doing anything about you're, it. You're like, she knows I'm on a podcast. I, I, Hi, honey. Uh, Hi, sweetheart. It's time for bed now. Bye-bye. I, I love this because everybody can see you now. We have nothing to hide. So people no, no. see you going. <laughs> they see you going full breakfast club. Cut it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, crisis averted. Back to your story. Crisis averted. Uh, that long form feature is well worth you guys checking out. If you all don't mind, it's pinned at the top of my Twitter. Give it a little retweet. It is one of the more interesting stories I've ever done. Uh, Yeah. You guys can donate any amount to tonight's show. We will answer your question or read your statement on the air. We already have a couple of super chats. Tim Traver says, question for Alex and Sean. If we say the Monday Night Wars in the 90s, do we see the same thing on Wednesday nights this fall? I definitely do. I already see it. You know what? 
We're taking it to a different level. Ronda Rousey, Wednesday nights, Total Divas, <laughs> and she's an executive producer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And that's, I think that's part of it. Yeah, I mean, it's it, as as certainly as close as um as we could uh, as we could get to what the Monday Night Wars were. I mean, I don't. I mean, it it it, it remains to be seen um, because we have we haven't even, we haven't seen an episode of AEW Weekly TV. We don't know what what the aesthetics going to be like. We don't know what they're what they're what they're trying to do with it. We don't know what, anything about it. And just as so, much, we don't know what a two hour NXT looks like. And we don't know how much input people who haven't had input in the past are going to have. You know, ahem, <clears throat> Vince McMahon um, in this new weekly two hour live on on USA version of NXT is. So we don't know what any of that's going to be. But until we see, like, I'm anticipating it certainly being cutthroat as hell. Hannah Moore, who would know, set, donates a super chat and says, this is just for Alex and his token parental silent threats there. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. You know how we used to say Nakamura could convey his emotion to the yes. audience without yes. saying a word? Yes. Yeah, everybody knows that stare. I love yeah. it. Paul Tattoo says missed the live chat yesterday, but what would you guys think about AJ Braun in a no DQ cage at Clash? And Braun goes three zero to over push being a true monster. I mean, hey, if you want to build this guy as yeah, you... the guy in one night, you could literally have him win every championship. But I don't know if that's great. Here's the thing. It would firmly establish him as the guy if he held yeah. everything on there. Yeah. But at some point, uh, he has to lose all those, kind of. He, he, he doesn't have to take the pin in a tag match. And no. you could figure out a creative way to get the U.S. title off of him. But it will be very transparent if you put all the titles off of them on him and then immediately take them off. Right. That's, that's true. I, I, I think there's an easy way of, of, of letting him win the u.s title at at, you know at at clash of champions win that he's got it then you could do some kind of screwy dq thing which they might still be planning no matter what for the tag titles and even if he loses the universal championship match like he's been in that would be his third match of the night you could easily tell that story over the whole night that he's, he's been three wars already you could do a lot of stuff he doesn't have to win all three of them to be established but he also, I feel like, shouldn't lose three matches, let alone, let alone two. Exactly. He should be an attraction. You, you have an opportunity to rebuild this guy to the point where he should have been a long time ago. Don't squander it in, in one evening at a, at a, you know, a, a B-list pay-per-view to have him have all these matches, but then come up short in them. That's not, I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. I also don't think that's a good idea. Uh, Braun is special and should be treated as special. He gets every aspect of it. I mean, good God, look at my interview with him. Like, the guy is so charismatic. We Half of our conversation was about Crocs, and people liked it. <laughs> it was so I wrote an I've got an article about its Crocs coming out this week. People liked it so much. Thank you yeah. guys uh, for the Super Chats. Reminder, donate any amount. We'll read your question or statement on the air. But if you all don't want to donate a Super Chat, you can get as many questions as you want read on the air uh, in the Q&A show on FightfulSelect.com. That's our most uh, direct way to support us. Uh, you can ask as many questions as you want. The Q&A field is up right now. So if you subscribe right now, you can go over to Fightful Select and ask like a dozen questions. So that will be coming later this week. We got SmackDown Live. It is August 27. The first six minutes of this show are video packages. Did we need that? No. Uh, there was a thing uh, Meltzer posted today that apparently Vince hated the show, the script, and tore the whole thing up and rewrote everything and said it's going to be it's – a, it's a Vince show tonight. Another dove cries. Yeah. Um, I don't know what they were planning on doing. But if they were planning on doing anything but super long video package, interview backstage that tells us precisely nothing, super long video package about something else, 
in-ring promo that doesn't really go, do anything, and finally the brawl actually well, is something. Like, like, they, did, they didn't put that video package together in a couple hours, as good as no, their team is. They didn't no, but, that. but I feel like you don't have to do a back-to-back, for heaven's sake. Like, yeah, that's the thing. If the first ten minutes are all us and the people in the audience watching the screen being, you know, being, oh, look, this is a thing that happened last week that you're too stupid to remember. Like, I don't... And I've I've been taking in, obviously, I've been taking in a lot more live shows since over the last year or so. I see more and more why they do that. They do it to set up things. They do to change the stage, change the ring, do all that. They didn't do that here. Kofi came out and was dancing around, and they cut to another one, and that was... Ugh. Well, Kofi says that he showed what kind of a coward that Randy Orton is last week, and their rematch is set. That's fine. I'm excited for it. I love this storyline, Alex. Uh, To me, this is one of the best things about WWE TV right now. I think there are at least a few interesting angles, and this is a just a strong angle. This Mm -hmm. has been really good. It has been six absolutely fantastic ingredients working to get the top two guys over. Mm -hmm. It's been there to protect Kofi and Orton and all that, and it's very good. Randy Orton interrupts Kofi by screaming, stupid on the Titantron, cuts what I think is a very natural promo for him, (laughs) because that just seems like how he'd do it. He reads a letter from Kofi's son that says that uh, Kofi cries at night because of Randy Orton. Now, uh, we've seen angles pretty similar to this at the top of the card, although maybe not necessarily involving someone's son, but, I mean, family is a point of emotion where a lot of people can connect to. Um, I wonder, however, if Kofi was looking at his son off screen and going, <laughs> possible it's possible i i i would if, if if my child was writing letters being there then sending them to randy orton to, to to air all my dirty laundry on the tv but um yeah uh yeah i i thought that that the thing that that kofi did in the ring was there it just existed it didn't add anything specifically new to the feud um and then like the, the feud's already great like you, you've done this whole thing you, the added part of um, Randy, now he's got henchmen in the Revival who are perfect as, as, as his lackeys. It, it, it totally works. Um, and they've taken out, you know, uh, Kofi's younger brother, basically, in Xavier Woods and made it personal in that way. You don't need to then add, on top of it, Randy Orton basically threatening to go beat up Kofi's kid in a hotel room. Like, that's... That's just, that's just, you, you don't need to pile on. Like, right now, it's great. You add too many layers to it, and all of a sudden, it's just like, um, I don't know if you saw this, 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 this is what I was thinking of. This viral video that went around Twitter a few days ago, where the, somebody made this, in, like, a giant deep dish barbecue chicken quesadilla that they then rolled in breadcrumbs and deep fried and then put mozzarella cheese and pepperoni on it and put it in the oven it was like it's too much the first three ingredients i was like this looks great and then like every time they added another ingredient i was like no why why are you ruining an already great thing i don't need all this stuff and that was this that was this i see someone say it's a direct rip from the the wendy storyline i I disagree we we don't have kofi's wife involved this is a different family member it's not a direct rip it's very similar, yeah. and it feels like that was like three weeks ago. It was in it was in May, but it's so recent. You have the heel like deliberately using the babyface's family in order to get a rise out of him. It just there are other storylines you can use. They already had one that was working really great. You didn't need to add that one on top. Yeah, uh, Kofi's sympathetic enough. Yeah, I mean that's that's why he got so over and so true. We. We can utilize the fact that Randy Orton was partially responsible for Kofi Kingston not getting a moment sooner. That, that's enough. That's enough. And Orton is good enough to where he can really portray that he did that and he had that power and that he manipulated it. 
for for long enough to where you can carry it an extra month that way. Yeah. Kofi shows up and brawls with Orton backstage. The two are separated. I uh I I didn't love the brawl until the end. Yeah. Like 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 Randy finally like getting into a position to give the draping DDT to Kofi off that random table at Gorilla. Like that made the brawl for me and the way that that Randy just sat there afterwards like what are you doing, man? What are you doing coming at me like that? Like, don't you know you're going to get hurt? Like, you're so stupid. Like, there was a certain look on his face without having to say it. It worked. And then transitioning from that into later on part of the storyline, um, this this gave me so much, uh, so many feels of Big E as the middle brother who wants to protect his, his, his baby brother and his older brother. Like, yeah. it was so... It was really, really cool to watch pissed off, like like pissed off, but not yelling, just really, really, really angry Big E. Like, that guy's got so much range. Please, He's very please good. give him a really good singles run at some point. He deserves it. He's so good. Yeah, Big E has to have a main event run at some point. And I think because of that, because... Not just because of that. Not just because Kofi has one and Biggie deserves one. There is a story to be told with Xavier getting one as well, because he doesn't want to be the only guy that doesn't. Right. There's yes. there's a lot of there's a lot of rich storytelling possibility that will never be told. King of the Ring opening round, Ali defeated Buddy Murphy. This should have been a little bit longer, or it should not have had the commercial break. Yeah, because this was incredible. The mm-hmm. dead crowds that we've experienced, Ali and Buddy Murphy, for all those people that are like, oh, the little guys don't get it done. The little guys, the, the, nobody cares about the little guys. Uh, people cared about the little guys tonight, fellas. Yep. So uh, there you go. Uh, a great knee from Murphy lands. We go to a commercial quickly. and the, the action during the commercial wasn't that great. It was a lot of rest stuff. But we come back to a Murphy, Tope, Conhilo, and Ali connects with a big super kick. Murphy gets some great offense, and this is the kind of match that King of the Ring needs. Ali does just an awesome tilt-a-whirl DDT in the ropes and wins with a 450. Were you surprised that Ali won this? Because I was. I I picked Ali to win. Um, but when I picked it, that was right when the brackets came out, and we hadn't seen Buddy Murphy defeat sure. Daniel Bryan clean at that point. Um but when I picked him to win, I still thought he was going to win via Rowan and Brian shenanigans. Like, the, the, the ref gets knocked out, and Ali's out. Like, he doesn't see what happens. And Rowan and, and Brian just smash up uh, Buddy Murphy, and then Ali's able to hit the 450 and win. And, like, he didn't do it on purpose. He's, you know, he's a babyface. He wouldn't do that, but he still gets the win. Like, I feel like Ali is set to have a great run in this tournament and kind of rebuild him to something after this. Because if you look at the way the brackets are stacked up, it feels like he's headed for a clash with Corbin in the finals. I don't, I don't think he'll win, but I think that that's the, the point they're going through. So that's great. But I don't know that I would have gone with clean loss for Buddy Murphy after the last two weeks. But I mean, you can't um, have. I mean, do you have somebody interfere? How would you do that? That that was the thing. As I, I I thought that after last week, the 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 Brian Murphy storyline was going to continue, and they were going to do that. I mean, it, it that was that was what I thought that was going to happen. Um, I I did I did really like though that there seemed to be moving Murphy toward like a a fifty fifty maybe closer to babyface thing. Because I, I, if you saw how last last year, last summer, the the feud between Murphy and Ali when they tried to murder each other over and over and over again, like if you add that context to this match and then Buddy Murphy for the first time shaking Ali's hand afterwards, like it's a huge cool storyline that actually may have reached its its apex. Yeah. With this, with that, with that thing, but I, I don't know, man. I think eliminating Buddy Murphy eliminates a big favorite, considering the storyline it was he was in, and I think honestly it cools him off a lot losing this. Right, and I, I think it does too. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that they they don't just shelve him again. 
Like that would be terrible. He, like, give, I, give I really think match next week. I really think he should have made it to the semifinals. I don't think that he should have lost before then. Ali would not have been hurt at all by losing to the guy that just lost well, to Murphy. But I do think that Murphy took, uh, or that that just beat uh, Daniel Bryan. But I do think that Murphy took a little bit of a hit because of the high profile angle he's been involved in of late. Yeah, it's a weird thing. I, I uh, until the the final segment of the night, I was booking in my head a Ro, uh, a Roman and Buddy Murphy tag team match versus uh, Brian and Rowan next week. Like I thought that they were going to go that way and let let kind of like more shine being being you know put over on on, uh, on Murphy that way. But at this point, I really don't know what what it goes on. Um, I, I I agree with you that that. Ali wouldn't have been hurt by taking the loss, but that's because they've hurt him enough by not keeping him on TV. I will say that, that a lot of the dark matches he's been he's been working uh, over the past month or so have been versus Andrade, and apparently they've been tearing the house down. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a semifinal match that is on the horizon uh, if, if everything shakes out the way it probably will, and I wouldn't mind seeing that at all. Alex, did I tell you about the UFC conference call that I was supposed to do today? You did not. So I was supposed to do a conference call with UFC lightweight champion Habib Nurmagomedov and interim lightweight champion Dustin Poirier, and UFC sends us a number. Now, I wasn't going to do this. Harry Kettle, our MMA guy, was going to do it. But UFC, minutes before it runs, was like, hey, here's the updated number. And I'm like, what's wrong with the old number? And I called the old number. Do you know what the old number was, Alex? What's the old number? A phone sex line. <laughs> Did you get charged at three ninety nine per minute? It was toll free, but Ooh. oh, that's a quality phone sex line. Then that's the a free quality ones. phone sex the line. The free ones are really good. I'm and sure. I mean, it's two thousand nineteen, Alex. Yeah, people are they're trying to get trying to get it hard any way they can, and. Far be it for me to judge, but even if it's free, phone sex? <laughs> Why would you go to that trouble, Alex? I don't know. Why would you go to that trouble when you've got BlueChew.com? True. BlueChew.com is free when you use that code FIGHTFUL. It's the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work, and you don't have to... Call on the phone. You don't, like, sit in the corner. Hey, what's up? What are you wearing? Hey, what was one of those? No. Your mailman, we'll talk about that later, brings it to you. He doesn't know what's in the package. Why? Because it's discreet. doesn't have blue chew on the front of it. I mean, maybe they'll throw a sticker on if you ask them, but it's absolutely free. It's discreet. You don't have to wait in line at the doctors because it's prescribed online. It's got the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work, but they're better, they're cheaper, they're faster for all the reasons I just listed. And they're chewable, so it gets into your system faster. Probably about as fast and way more effective than you dialing a phone number I don't talk to my own family on the phone, Alex. I'm supposed to talk to some stranger? Some stranger? Come on! UFC, what are you doing to me? UFC is like, you know what? Not hard enough for us. Well, they don't know about Blue Chew, do they? Well, they do, because some of their... Some of their people take those gas station dick pills, pop for drug tests, and then are out. Are out for like a year. Ain't happening with Blue Chew, my friends. Actually, I don't know if it'll happen with Blue Chew. You might fail a USADA test. I'm not sure of that ingredient. But (laughs) BlueChew.com, code Fightful. Just pay $5 shipping. A phone sex line they gave me, Alex. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, you make a good point. I, I, uh, and you'll I, make I had... a good point when you take Blue Chew. That's good. And use the code Fightful. Yeah. The hell. Yeah. The hell, people just running around erect with a phone in their hand. I mean, I guess that's not a surprise. That's lots of media, but I mean, with the with the dialer open, with the old dialer app open, you got some. 
Some nerve. Miz comes out to the ring. Challenges Nakamura for a match at Clash of Champions. And this is the Miz going after a record-setting Intercontinental title reign. Or a record-tying, rather. I like this. His Intercontinental title, it means a lot to him. Of course, he just lost his last match. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't put you in title contention. No, 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 it shouldn't. Uh, the, I think a lot of it uh, is that he had, he was doing a Miz TV segment with Sami Zayn. And Shinsuke Nakamura decided to make it bus- his business to attack the Miz. So if the Miz goes to management and says, hey, um, this guy attacked me. Like out out of the blue for no reason, I want I want a shot at his uh, title. They could say no, but if he asked them and they said yes, then that's a match. And I I I agree with you. He just lost his most recent match. He doesn't deserve it. At the same time, he didn't just walk up to Shinsuke Nakamura and say, "Hey, I want Fair. your title." Shinsuke Nakamura decided to attack him. Fair. Like that that that's a that is a difference that I am willing to draw. I also will say. That um, I want, if I'm going to attack somebody from behind, beat them up. I need Sami Zayn cheering me on through the whole thing. I, I that agree. That was amazing. That was I, amazing. I thought early on in this promo, his shtick was old. I was like, ah, I'm so done with it. Yep. He was refreshingly obnoxious during this beatdown, <laughs> which is a, a couple of terms I didn't think would ever be put together. <laughs> he was cackling, and I love his like. Miz is anti-artistry, anti-poetry. Like, that's so good. It's so good. <laughs> it is good. I loved it. Uh, Nakamura had a convincing beatdown, hit the Kinshasa in the ring. I'm cool with this. I like it. I also like Rob Wilkins donating at Super Chat. He says, shout out to Alex's kiddo. Loved Murphy Ali. I want Rollins to turn on Braun. That would be interesting. That I want. Rollins needs an edge. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I I, somebody somebody was was arguing with me on Twitter today about whether or not you know Braun or Rollins were going to turn. So like, what well, one of them's turning on the other one just because I I don't see how WWE gets away with having them defend that match successfully and then fight each other later in the same night. I just don't there's they're without heat. I don't understand how that works. And I agree, it should be Rollins. I just don't think they're going to be able to um, to help themselves. Instead of like having the big dude smash up Rollins, so that later they can have Rollins like wearing rib tape, and they could like do the whole thing. Oh, how will he ever overcome the odds? They're, like you can't have a how will he ever overcome the odds thing with Braun Strowman. It's hard to do. Yeah, they they, they gotta they gotta kill that. Uh, I, that. But it's their thing. They always do it. Wilkins says, "What about Seth joining the club? Club have all the titles in Raw. I don't like Seth joining the club." No, I think I it should like be legit, like, former Bullet Club members. That, that's yeah. what I would prefer. Taryn Riddick says, Buddy versus AJ at the pay-per-view for the U.S. title? God, hose me down. That would be good. Yeah. I would I would be all for that. I, I like that idea, Taryn. Uh, that would... Oh, that'd be... And, and yep. AJ would win, but... Right. Damn, man, that one's that one's really good. I wish I could elaborate a little bit more on that. Mm-hmm. Joseph Farley says, I was going to make a witty remark about tonight, but I forgot, so here's the profanity insurance. I love that. Every week he's given us some profanity insurance. That's nice. That's nice. Ah. <sighs> so, whoever wrote this Bailey Ember Moon segment backstage, mm-hmm. uh, yep. I don't dig it. No. Bailey goes, about SummerSlam. Amber goes, whoa, 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 whoa. We are going down that road. Then she talks about it. <laughs> what the? F- well, um, this, now that you mention it, it does, it, this does uh, have a, a very um, familiar ring to it of uh, how people talk when they're scripted uh, so that one particular person will, will uh, sign off on the script. Like Man. I don't, I don't know if Vince in his regular life is doing a lot of whoa, 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 whoa. Let's not go down that road, pal. Now I'm going to go into a monologue about it, so that when people write scripts, they show him that, and he goes, "Ah, this is how people actually talk." Maybe, like, maybe that's what he does. I like, don't know. We're supposed to. Like, 
Ember and Bailey, like Ember's supposed to be shy about talking about the fact that she got a, a, a women's title match and lost it, and then she was like, "The better woman won," and you're the face of the division, and all this, and oh, it makes Ember so vanilla, and it it's just it so it. weak. It's very weak. Um, I don't like it, uh, but it is it is entirely in service to. If you're like, oh, you're the face of the division. You're so great. You're a better woman one. You beat me fair and square. Oh, no. Who are you going to face at Clash of the Champions? <gasps> Charlotte. Oh, no. If Charlotte were to beat you, what an incredible achievement that would be for Charlotte. Like, yes. that's what it feels like to me. And that's that's really transparent and stupid. Yeah. Uh, there's just a more natural way that oh, Ember Moon could say that. Like, Ember Moon, if she was going to cut her off, she could go, hey, listen. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I had my title match. I yeah. lost it. You were yeah. the better woman. You deserve to be the face of the division. Yeah, and and you say and say and if I get if I'm lucky enough to get another shot next time, I think I got you. Yes, like that. That's it. That's all you get. Is like, and don't don't do it threateningly. Hey, but that's the problem. Is when 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 people say those kind of things in WWE, they always do it with like. I got you next time. Yeah. A, like, you can just, you can be, like, confident without being a dick about it. If, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, if uh, Ember and Bailey they want to project that they are buddies, Ember could say, hey, listen, maybe we can train together. You can give me some tips. Yep. I can tell you where you messed up. You can tell me where I messed up. Project it that way. In a more realistic way, instead of the, the, Lacey shows up, calls the Ember or calls Ember and Bailey nasties. Says they have a match tonight. I thought that Lacey, it was sloppy. The match was sloppy at points, but I liked it. There are some things like Lacey's Gator Roll. She needs to refine that move. That Moon Salt. She needs to make sure she hits it a little bit more accurately, or she's gonna hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, that knee hit the thigh of. Bailey, pretty pretty tough. But with Lacey being out of the ring for over a month, she's been working live events with Becky. She's been working main event against Dana over and over and over three times in a row. I thought Lacey did pretty well, Alex. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought she did well too. I just there's the you know there's it's a, the thing of the you know raw people on SmackDown. I'll still never be happy with, but. Um, I, I thought this was fine. Uh, Lacey can hang. And this that's, that's for me, right now, I want that to be her ceiling. Hanging. She can hang. Good for, for, good for her for hanging. But I don't, I don't need to see her picking up big victories. Uh, oh, my God. I never want to hear this. Oh, my God. Lacey Evans has pinned the women's champion. I don't need to see that on, on a, in a non-title match. I don't need to see that for a while. She's, she can keep improving, and in six months, let's see where she's at. But right now, I feel like there are too many times where I'm watching her and go like, whoa, 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 what was that supposed to be? You know, and it's just like, that's not, that's not cool. I saw somebody say that she sandbagged Bailey on a Bailey to belly. That did not happen. That was a Bailey to back. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Uh, yeah, diff- different move. Bailey yeah. sets up the elbow drop with that, but Charlotte Flair comes out. Uh, would have been nice if they didn't burn the Charlotte Lacey turn, and so it would have made a lot more sense here. 
Yeah, this is the thing. Somebody was saying on on Twitter, like, oh, they, I really wish they uh, they had let you know Lacey and Charlotte, you know, be run together for a while, a little longer than they did. And I'm like, a little longer than what? Five minutes? Like they they teased them as being like, hey, we're we're all cool, we're together, we're b- backstage drinking the tea. And I believe it was later that night that they turned on each other. Like, yeah, I, I agree. They they could be really cool together, but they gave them less than one night as a potential tag team before they just turned them on each other. Uh, Robert Larry says, do you think WWE still want to push Lacey? Yes, I do, but I think that they know her limitations now. Yeah. yeah. I think they they learned that those limitations. Uh, there was a great spot in the ring post. Uh, Lacey's doing like a, like a resting Cobra clutch. But another thing that I liked, Corey Graves, when Bailey had her headband used against her, says that, well, if Bailey doesn't want it used against her, she wouldn't, shouldn't wear it in the ring. I like right. that. That's a legit thing. When I was in uh, fighter meetings for MMA fights in Kentucky, they would say, hey, you can wear a rash guard, but if you do it, you cannot use it. But your opponent can use it to pull the collar and choke you. They can pull it over your head like a like a hockey shirt and pummel you. Like That's the risk that you run. I like that little nuance on commentary. Uh, Bailey applies an inverted figure four, which I really dig. Hit a big knee in the Bailey to belly but wins with the Bailey to back and a flying elbow drop. Uh, this was a way to make Lacey look like she could hang upon returning. I don't know what the hell's next for her. She should be in a tag team. Yeah. A tag team with a veteran is the best yeah. option for her. This is uh, this is when I was talking about how they don't have any tag teams left. Like like Nikki and, and Alexa have beaten all of the current tag teams. Maybe Lacey and somebody, I don't know who, um, could be a tag team that might be able to get a, a few non-title victories over them and maybe get a title program out of it. That might be something you could do. Uh, Lacey and I, Charlotte I, are a main event women's tag team. Yes, That I, is are. a top-of-the-line women's tag team. If that's where you want to take it, you put those two together, and all of a sudden, those titles really mean something. And I, I'm looking at them like, who are the options? Dana Brooke... Don't know. No. Although I do want to see some more of her. That that woman has not been given a fair shake at all. At all. And that's it on the Raw side of things. But on the SmackDown side of things, I'm looking. It, literally, Ember, if they want Lana to come back, and that ain't a good fit. You need, no. you need her in there with an in-ring veteran. Mickey would be a good one. Yeah. You want to talk about somebody that fits the hardcore country thing and the yeah. sassy Southern Belle. Yeah, Mickey, Mickey and Lacey would be really good together. That, they would be a really, really excellent fit. But unfortunately, Mickey's out for a very long time yeah. with the injury. That's really, really unfortunate because Carmella ain't it. She's perfect in what she's doing with our trip. Yep. But yeah, Matt Thomas says, "What's up with that advertisement for the Fiend at Hell in a Cell?" Uh, WWE giving arenas info that they shouldn't give them. Yep. Uh, now here's what I I do like at least if you're doing that. At least you're saying Rollins or Braun Strowman. And it's not yeah. one of those things where I got to sift through my goddamn inbox where somebody sends me some local Pittsburgh advertisement from four months later. Baron Corbin's facing Nakamura for the title. No, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> they change them all the time. They don't mean a damn thing. Card subject to change. Yes. Is four words that people need to pay attention to. Korosami, nineteen ninety seven. Uh, also, I would like to bring up Hannah Moore. Had brought up a good point. Like, if they go with that, I feel like they're booking themselves into a corner with the Fiend. They should not they, do they that. They really, yet. really are. No, no, it's it's too early. It's too early for a lot of stuff. You could do a lot of great things before you're like, let's let's hot shot a title onto them, and then uh, uh, I'm not sure. We'll figure it out. Like, no, 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 no. you got to plan this thing out right. Korosami says, uh, Becky seems untouchable in promos compared to all the female promos in the past week. Any truth to Becky and Seth vacation causing to cancel uh, live shows? I don't know anything about that yet. I will ask. Um, I, I'll see what I can find out. But as far as the promos go, I'm like, all right, I, yeah, Becky's a very special promo. Yeah, and sometimes they're, they're, that's not like a knock on anybody else. Do I think Sasha Banks has strong promo skills? Not based on what I saw last night, and based on what I've seen in the past. Um, 
I don't know what I want to say. I want to say that Sasha Banks promos aren't as natural as they should be. But I, I don't know. I don't know what a natural Sasha Banks promo sounds like. I know what she sounds like in interviews, and it's completely different. Yeah. And and that's not it. Like, uh, Alexa Bliss's promos are okay, but she leans a lot on the, uh, the, the standard wrestling tropes of, I would like to thank myself type, yeah. of, type of shit. So, yeah, Becky is in a league of her own right now, I think, Alex. I, I agree. The, you, know, you know who I think? Is is really really great at doing promos, Shayna Baszler. I think that she's, she's pretty good. Re- she's really good at, at doing her own thing because I feel like it is very natural. Because I feel like that's kind of who she is. She is. She's so, she's, like, she's. I mean, just playing herself. If yeah. anybody has ever one seen some of the mentions from MMA MMA fans, she gets sometimes she gets a chip on her shoulder, and rightfully so. Yeah. She was a pioneer of women's MMA, and quite frankly, a lot of people. MMA fans treat her, treat anybody like that, like they're garbage. It's the old Mariah Carey saying, one day you're in the news, the next day they're wrapping dead fish with it. Like, that. that's how people get treated in that sport, especially. And I, maybe it's just my perception, but she's carried that over uh, very well to uh, pro wrestling. Up next, Randy Orton defeated Big E. I love Big E coming out serious, but I didn't like him subsequently spanking Orton. Nope. That was a disconnect. Yeah. I think uh, Kyler hit that on the head on, on the Fightful Twitter when he brought that up. Yeah, no, it's not great. Um, I, I feel like there was a kind of a thing like this, just a thing he does every time. If it was, a, it was, if it was in, a really, in a position where he was, like, uh, toying with Orton, but, like, Orton's not a guy you toy with because all it takes is one move and you've lost. You can't let your guard down for a second with him. And I feel like Big E would know that. After watching Orton, you know, destroy uh, uh, Xavier and 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 beat you know Kofi to hell a couple of times, I feel like Biggie would would know you can't let your guard down with him, and that, that was why it was like it just New Day isn't allowed to drop the veneer for a full match and just wrestle. They have to always be oh look at them they all they they love to have fun, don't they? And like like you can have fun. 98% of the time, and then 2% of the time, want to kick somebody's ass. And it works. Yeah. I loved Randy Orton, like, his little jump over the table spot. Yeah. That was very good. Also, Big E eating the sing bombs. That was a yes. sight to behold. Yeah, Big E eating the sing bomb and then giving as good as he got was a pretty cool little uh, thing, too. Really dug that. Big E goes through his hot tag offense, but the Revival interfere... And uh, hit the combination Shatter Machine RKO, the Shatar KO. Yep. <laughs> uh, I love that move. I love this trio. I like the match. I like the angle. Everything except for Big E spanking. I really dug this. This yeah. was good. I, I Again, I, I, I can't tell you how much I love the aspect of Big E standing up for the New Day as a whole. Like, just, just coming in like, like be, the big guy... Who says I'm going to be the protector of, of of my brothers? Like that's it's so cool and honorable. It's, it's got a very cool like old samurai movie kind of feel to it, where like the big stoic guy is the one who decides, hold on, I'm fighting this battle, and even if he, and then he dies, and then all of a sudden you have everyone else has to rally around it. There's there's a lot of cool things in old storytelling that are going to be that, that occasionally pop up in in wrestling, and I love it when they do. This was just really, really good and continued a really, really good angle, I thought. <clears throat> Backstage, Kevin Owens interrupts Elias playing guitar. Elias says that Shane McMahon is not there. So later on, Elias is cutting a King of the Ring promo on the throne and gets attacked by Kevin Owens, who hits a stunner in the ring. Owens does not give a shit about that title. Pardon my language. Mm-hmm. It truly is a clown title, as we see. Truth tries to win it back, but Drake Maverick does instead. How do you think this worked for all the parties involved? Truth doesn't get hurt at all. Drake Maverick wins. Elias eats a stunner, and he's 24-7 champion, so how much stock can you put into him? Kevin looks strong, but also doesn't care about this title. But I think at this point, we kind of see that I'm indifferent about that. How do you feel? Somebody uh, tweeted at uh, at Kevin, 
and asked him why don't why don't you want to why don't you want to be the champion? And he tweeted back, "I have a family, I have three dogs and three cats. I have responsibilities. I can't worry about being rolled up by some dude while I'm dropping my kids off at school or enjoying enjoying a lovely night out." All with he got to say that's all he's got to say. That's great, and like that's wonderful because for him, this is too much. Like I don't need I don't need all that crap. But um, I think that it'd be it'd be kind of cool to like see certain people who are like. Well, as long as I'm here, I might as well become 24-7 champion. And then if that guy's somebody along the lines of uh, Braun or Samoa Joe, all, all these guys, like, trying to, like, sneak up on them and hit him with a chair or something to, like, get an advantage because they know they can't just roll up, roll them up. That I'm, might be fun for a little while. I'm sure know. I'm just having selective memory, but I don't remember a lot of people just straight up like watching the hardcore title run by them. No. I, what I, I what I do remember is British Bulldog, even though he didn't care about the title, but, he won it. And then yeah. he just gave it to Al Snow because yeah. it wasn't worth the trouble. Like yeah. I remember that. But he at least won it. He was like, Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. King of the Ring opening round, Gable being interviewed backstage, and Benjamin makes some short jokes. If you would have told me these two probably would have had the maybe seventh best match of mm-hmm. this opening round, I would have been surprised. But the Gable rolling kick didn't look great. There was a scary-looking German suplex. Yeah. Uh, Shelton hit a great spine buster. The Gable-Brett Hart spot into the turnbuckle, really good. I love that. Benjamin got a nice swinging powerbomb into the barricade, but Gable wins by reversing another one in the ring. No heat for this match. Nobody cared. And it's... Well, hold on. Neither one of these guys have wrestled on cable TV in... Months! Yep. Months! Yeah. Why was this the... why, Why this and not Ali versus Murphy right here? Well, because they knew that the the the, the crowd was probably going to be dead in this spot. Um, this match was not supposed to be anything. Yeah, um, I still think the match was that good, and that's why they right, didn't keep right. it. Well, that's that may be true, but also they were like, okay, well, I mean, I guess you would have had to move everything around. And you were going to have the, the longer match go here, but but remember, Sean, the the main event of the evening can't be a wrestling match. It has to be. Whether or not Roman Reigns decides to apologize to people who were up on the jumbotron, like that's that's the main event. So it, we wouldn't want to cheapen um, uh, Murphy and Ali by putting them right before that. Listen, this is all stupid. It's not nearly as stupid though as the series of short jokes that that is. That's the only thing to build the heat for this match was Shelton Benjamin being like, "Hey, shorty, 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 shorty," like that's. What I I'm that's just dumb. I mean, it's just dumb. Uh, I mean, I I would like to say that I'm really excited to see Chad Gable versus Andrade, but I don't know that that minute that that, that match isn't going to be four and a half minutes long. Like, what? Why? Why would I think anything else? Like, who who knows what they're going to do with it? They, it could be great. Those two guys could put on a classic, but they also could decide. All right, guys, you got six minutes, including entrances. Like, they could actually tell them that. Who knows? Like, it's a, it's a weird deal right now. Um, but, yeah, you're right. This match didn't have anything behind it. It could have been really great. I mean, like, they said, he said, Gable said, Shelton should know better than a lot of people that not to take me too lightly. All he had to do was add because I teamed with him for several months last year. Like, they, they've never, I don't think, really said that. Like, that's a cool thing they could have leaned into as opposed to short, short, short. They could have said, Benjamin said, I stopped teaming with you because I didn't think you were of my league or something. And they never did any of that. Oh, well, this segment's dead to me now. So Roman Reigns maybe or maybe not apologizing is the main event of the show. Yep. This didn't make a goddamn bit of sense. None. None of it. None of it. None. None of it. And... I know everybody's like, ooh, a mystery, and it's long-term storytelling. That doesn't mean that it's not stupid with regularity. All the cameras on the lighting rig, the terrible acting that went along with it, the camera on the goddamn car that nobody has mentioned. Yep. 
this. I, man, I... Okay. It hey. is not hard to do this. <laughs> it's not hard. Reigns shows Brian a video of Rowan walking from behind yep. the rig. Keep yep. in mind, last week, Daniel Bryan's big aha was, hey, there's this guy here that looks just like Rowan. Mm-hmm. So Brian then starts slapping Rowan. Right. Saying he doesn't like liars. Rowan's been lying to him for a year. Says someone else must have told Rowan to do this and it wasn't him. And he gets speared. So how does he know that wasn't Rowan? How or how does he know that was Rowan? How does Reigns know that was Rowan? What the? F- this is this is really, really stupid, Sean. You went to the, all the trouble of bringing in a guy who looks like Rowan's dad. He's got the same length. On the same color of beard, he's also bald. Even last week on the show, in the damn interrogation room, he was wearing a zipped-up black hoodie. What was the character wearing in the footage but a zipped-up black hoodie? Like, it was like they they used, they brought him in last week to do the thing in the thing. And then also shot that footage of like how you, Brian, created reasonable doubt as to who this person could be because they look so much alike. So how does Brian see the footage that Roman is showing and say, oh, that's obviously you, Rowan, my partner and bodyguard and not the man that I said looks exactly like you. So So, we can't be sure if it's you. There's a person, I'm not trying to shit on him, I like Julian, but he said, what did he say? The story's not over yet, I guess wrestling fans have never watched Murder Mysteries before. You got some balls, buddy! Because that's all I watch outside of wrestling, and Murder Mysteries makes sense based on the clues provided. Yeah. Why isn't Roman Reigns asking where the... Fuck the footage came from. Yeah. Why is he not saying, hey, you know, there was a camera hooked to that rig. How did our team get access to it? Hey, you know that video package that was shown? Right. With the car hitting me? Yeah. Where where did that camera come from? Was that like mailed in? What the hell? Can somebody figure this out? Can we get some fucking cops on the case, perhaps? (laughs) Because this is, you know, attempted murder, and no, nobody's ever alerted the authorities. They're all handling it in-house. I guess I guess when they figure out who did it, the guy's going to go to a wrestler court or whatever. This shit didn't happen in Broadchurch. That nope. I guarantee you. The yeah. Wire, I didn't see anything <laughs> like this. Yeah. No, what, what I, what I want to know, and this is, this is very, a practical question here. Um, if, if Rowan was standing behind those road boxes and pushed them over. He pushed them toward where the forklift was coming from. So who was driving the forklift? Oh, that's right. It was the temp guy. Remember that thing from like a month ago where they were like, ah, it was forklift driver error. Well, wait a minute. It wasn't even the regular forklift guy. It was, it was, it was a temp forklift guy. I thought that the guy who was last week was the temp forklift guy. I thought that's what I thought that's what Brian was saying was like, hey, I found the temp forklift guy and he happens to look exactly like Rowan. Ladies and gentlemen, I rest my case. All no? Elite Wrestling has all out this Saturday. We will have full coverage. Gonna get some interviews there. I am all out of ideas of where the hell this is going, I'll tell you that. So I'll do a new start, since I'm going to isolate this clip. AEW's All Out takes place this Saturday. Make sure you join us for live coverage and discussion and a post-show podcast. Uh, It is from Hoffman Estates, Illinois. I will be there. I'll be trying to get content. But let's go ahead and make our predictions, Alex. SCU against Luchasaurus, Marco Stunt, and Jungle Boy. Marco Stunt is too easy to take the pin there. SCU uh, to be kept strong, sure. Luchasaurus, yeah. Marco, and Jungle Boy are over, though. Yes. They yeah. are super over. But I think SCU's getting this win. What do you think? 
Yeah, SCU is getting the win. Um, uh, the 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 trio involving the Jungle Boy and and his and his Luchasaurus that he rides to the ring, and also a man's much smaller than Jungle Boy. Uh, that's that's going to be a lot of fun. People are going to love it. But you're right; it's too easy to give Marco the the pin here to have him take the pin, and that's it. You know, private party versus Angelico and Jack Evans. This has to be private party. <sighs> Angelico and Jack Evans did not click for me. No. No, they didn't. But they have in the past. They're really good. They really, they're really good in the past when they've teamed together in PWG and stuff like that. And um, I think the match is going to be great. But Private Party needs to be put over here. They're, 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 they are a star tag team for this promotion. Use them correctly. Riho versus Hikaru Shida, and it appears as if. Uh... The winner of this may compete for the AEW women's title. We don't know that for sure. I know that Riho had signed a five-show deal and was going to kind of see how things go. Based on that, I don't think that's like a guarantee that Sheeta will win or anything because they could have Riho win and then just lose the title match. But um, I, I am going to go with Riho here. I think I think she's going to win. Yeah, I mean, it'd be a, a, a pretty interesting way of enticing her to maybe extend that five-show deal to a longer one. Um, yeah, I, I do think that she's probably going to win this match. The Casino Battle Royal. So far, we know that Brandy Rhodes, Ali, Yuka Sakazaki, Nyla Rose, Britt Baker, Teal Piper, Jazz, Eva Lease, Big Swole, and Sadie Gibbs are in it. I got Britt Baker winning this. Yeah. Um, and she should. She is a star. Yeah, she's a star. Um, it's it's uh, it's the best thing for it's best for business to have Britt Baker be the person that comes out of this, and and you hit your wagon to her as party as as a major face in your women's division going forth forth into uh, weekly television. Cody Rhodes versus Sean Spears. I have been digging this. I like uh, Tully Blanchard. There was Sean Spears. Uh, I, I guess we'll see how it ends up because let's be honest. We've not really seen Tully in a long time. And AEW has had some ideas that in execution haven't necessarily been the best. Like Alex Marvez, for example. Jim Ross, for another example. I think the idea of Tully is good. We'll see how it is in practice. Yeah. I think Sean Spears wins this. I think they got to establish him out of the gate. And to be honest with you, what? This is going to hurt Cody? Doubt it. <laughs> no, no, Cody's Cody's pretty much bulletproof. He's not not chairproof as we saw, but he's pretty much bulletproof. Um, yeah, I I think I think Sean Sean Spears uh, should win this uh, because they need to build another guy for their for their for their weekly television to like make 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 us take him seriously. Uh, I mean, he can certainly win it via underhanded means. Uh, if you want to keep, you know, Cody looking strong or whatever. Uh, but I, I feel like Sean should win this just to give them another guy to run with, particularly with, with you know, the Moxley injury. And we don't know how long he's going to be out and stuff like that. You want to have another another face that you can run with. Darby Allen versus Joey Janela versus Jimmy Havoc. I get the feeling Darby Allen's winning this based on his performance against Cody Rhodes. Um, I... You know, I know a lot of people think that Jimmy Jimmy Havoc is like the second coming. I don't necessarily think so. Um, and Joey Janela is Joey Janela. He is an attraction for what he does. But Darby Allen, I think, is somebody that they believe they, they've got some stock in, and I think he's going to win. Yeah, um, they got a lot of stock in him. Uh, they should they should they should push him pretty quickly. Um, he's so young and a very interesting. Um, I, I feel like Janela is, is fun, but you know, uh, I don't know what his ceiling is specifically. I think Alan's, uh, ceiling is very, very high in this company. The dark order versus the best friends. Winners get a bet first round buy in the tag title tournament. Dark order are probably winning this. I don't like the gimmick, but I like their in-ring work. I think that Stu Grayson is one of the most talented people in this company. Uh, yeah, I, I think that they're going to win this match. Yeah, uh, I do too. Uh, I think they probably win. Um, I I don't need to see any more of their random like uh, jumbotron promos where they're all just 
hanging out, like, half, after having dropped the lewd. Because they're all like, well, I'll talk to you about this thing that's going to happen. I don't, I don't need any more of that, so... Triple A Tag Team Championships, a ladder match. Lucha Brothers versus Young Bucks. I know a couple things. I don't need to see the Triple A Tag Titles on this in this company again, and I don't need to see these two teams for a long time against each other. Yeah, they killed the town with these guys. Uh, will this be an uh, excellent match? I bet it'll be an amazing match. Yeah, but I. I don't need the AAA tag titles there. No, I don't need them either. Um, and you're right. This match could easily s- steal the show. And I'm kind of over it already. Like, how is that possible that I'm like, I know this match is going to be amazing. But, I mean, there's they're, they have these, they're building other tag teams. I have to remind myself that these, that in, in six months, you, the, all these tag teams that they're building right now are going to be on the same level so that won't just have to be the only team that can possibly challenge the Young Bucks is the Lucha Brothers. That's the only that's the only one that's on, the, on their level. That's not going to be the case for much, much longer, hopefully. So that's, that's where we're at. But I think that the match is going to be amazing. As far as who wins, gosh, I don't know. I, I, your guess is as good as mine. Pac versus Kenny Omega. Pac replacing John Moxley. Yeah, this this was a, as good of a scenario as you could possibly be if you're AEW, and to get Pac back, and, and who knows for how long, how much. You know, there was the Dragon Gate situation. There were rumors of visas and all that stuff, but Pac will be there. He's facing Kenny Omega. This is a tough one because this is Pac's first AEW match. Yep. But Kenny Omega, do you want to beat him when you know that they got to go back to Moxley eventually? Yeah. Or does Omega even need the win? Can can Moxley physically be there to cost Omega the match? Yeah, all he's got to do is just be there, walk up someplace where where Omega can see him. And they can do they can do something that, that that costs them to match that way. He doesn't actually have to get physically involved. I don't know. Um, uh, you 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 create a, a very tantalizing paradox as to as to who needs this win more. Um, I think that a lot of it, a lot of what they what they what fans' perception of Pac was a few months ago was that he was too good to take the loss and didn't want. I mean, whether or not that was correct. Like the, the the perception of him was that he 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 refused to lie down. He refused to take the loss. So it might do a lot to build goodwill back up with with fans, re- yeah. regardless of actually if that's true or not. Is if he gum comes in and in his first match looks like a million bucks, but still loses. I feel like you could still build him in a way that like is an amazing attraction. Everyone wants to see him. Even if he is able, it does take the loss in his first. But the match. thing is, do they want to build that perception? Do they want to right. rehabilitate his perception, or do they yeah. want to make him dirty, nasty bastard that doesn't yeah. want to lose because of the type of crowd that you're working towards? That, quite frankly, watch these shows, read these articles, follow along digitally, all that stuff. I think you want to manipulate that audience, and I think that's that, true. I think that's the true. idea that. Pac wouldn't lose to Omega even. Ooh, I think that that resonates really well. Yeah. I think that also they could do a thing where where Pac sees the writing on the wall, can't put away Kenny, and just takes a chair to him and says, you know, I'm not not losing this match, and you're not not beating me. Like, uh, does that... But I know they don't like to do those finishes. That's true. I I am thinking along the lines of another company. Yes. and, And how they would do it. So, yeah, you're right. Vacant AEW World Championship, Adam Hangman Page against Chris Jericho. I think it's Hangman Page. I think it would be a misstep to put the title on someone who exemplifies WWE so much, like Chris Jericho. I think that Hangman Page is the right one. Even if he's not quite over as they think he should be, That that's that's an easy remedy. He just loses it at some point. Yeah. But, oh man, I even think a good story could be Hangman Page winning it and then losing it a couple weeks later, and that really, that changing him, that giving him some edge, 
that mm-hmm. I got there, but I couldn't hold on to it type of thing. Yep. What do you think? I think I think you put it on Jericho uh, on this this Saturday, and then have the rematch, have Jericho do it via shenanigans or whatever, like underhanded ways, uh, and then have Page versus Jericho headline the first TV taping, the first live thing uh, on on the second of October, and have Page beat Jericho there for the title on their first first thing, like make it an event thing, like make it make the rematch a reason for the rematch. Because Jericho was you know, like threw salt in his eyes or something crazy, and then you could have a reason for it, and everyone can get behind Page because of how dastardly Jericho was when he stole the title at All Out. You know that that's that's a that's certainly a way to do it. And I feel like that's something that I might go for. Well, the way to do it is to leave a thumbs up on this video. Make sure you guys subscribe. We had a Fightful MMA podcast today. Check it out. We talk about the Conor McGregor interview. Bellator 225, as well as UFC China. We break down news across the world of MMA. Uh, This week, we got a lot more podcasts. Listen, your boy, Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, over on Fightful Select. We are just full of podcasts. The Backstage Report, the Q&A Show, Mr. Warren Hayes' Midweek Reviews, Steven Jensen's Weekender. Go subscribe to Fightful Select. Don't ever compare the sinner to this trash WWE angle getting on my last nerve comparing the GOAT Jessica Biel to this trash that we're seeing. I'm offended. There were some people offended by the the Chappelle stand-up. I thought it was funny. I'm offended by this comparison between one of my favorite shows, The Sinner, and this WWE angle that had all the potential in the world, and every other week they screw something up. I'm not here for it, but I'm here for all of you. Until next time, we're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.